All right, everybody. Welcome to the Hardly Knowledgeable Podcast. This is episode whatever number. We're going to delve in. We're going to go in right now. <clears throat> We're going to talk about the upcoming Dylan's Sunflower Showdown this Saturday. Uh, that, if, For those of you who don't know, that features the Kansas State Wildcats and the Kansas Jayhawks. They're going to be playing in a basketball game. Uh, <clears throat> I would just like to say, before we start talking about this, Kansas State is 1-0 on the week. The women's team just won uh, by a good margin, you know, 69 points. Uh, that's that's nice. not by that's how much they scored, but that's nice. Um, <clears throat> so if you guys want to go ahead and talk about the game, um, uh, you guys take it away, Drew. First off, I just want to say I caught a t-shirt at the game tonight. You know, it's been a long time coming. You know, I've been going to games here for three years. It feels good to finally get my recognition and catch a t-shirt. You're seven foot tall, so it's an unfair advantage <laughs> for you. Six ten. <laughs> anyway, so I think with this game on Saturday – you know, it's going to be a tough game for KU. You know, it's always tough coming to K-State, to, to the octagon of doom, playing a basketball game there. It should be student – student section should be packed as always. Um, you know, we'll see how the rest of the fans turn out. Should be – should be a lot, but we'll we'll see, you know, kind of – yeah, we'll see. Um, but I think as far as the game goes, um, the way K-State's been playing, the way they've been shooting the ball the last couple of games, if they can hit some shots and – you know, attack the paint well, I think that they've got a shot. I think if they go back to being the team that just dribbles around and someone shoots a three, then maybe the game won't go so well. But K-State is usually pretty good defensively, so I think that as long as they play good defensively, you know, hold KU's top scorers like Oshai Baji and Christian Brown, you know, they don't go off. I think that K-State's got a real shot. But if those guys can get going for KU, then I think that, KU can pull away. I will say I I do like the way that KU's played on the road this year, even though they have lost. They lost one against Texas Tech, but they were playing awful that whole game and were able to battle back at the end. And then OU game, they didn't score for about 10 minutes there, and we're still able to pull out a win against a good team. So I think that KU's pretty battle-tested on the road, but K-State should play good at home. Yeah, KU's obviously the better team, but – the K State's been rolling. If you want to count when they've been healthy, like fully healthy, they're two and zero against two ranked teams. So this is definitely not. I mean, one is a rivalry, but and two, K State's playing well, so it's not a game where you can go in and expect KU to just steamroll them. Um, especially with Remy banged up and Oach, I think he's fine, but he hurt his wrist, or whatever, yesterday. I think he's fine, but anyway. Um, I think this game comes down to the big play. I've been saying it the whole time about K-State. It's like if they're going to win games, they got to play through their bigs. And they haven't really done that, but it, it's the same for KU, I feel like. Because guard play, defensively-wise for K-State, they're pretty, pretty dominant defensive-wise. So if David McCormick can come in and have – 15 and 10 or 20 and 10, and you get your normal out of Brown and Oach, then I don't see a way KU loses this. But with that being said, K-State's rolling, and KU's put together, you know, good wins, but not other than the second half of West Virginia. They've struggled a little bit. Um, KU has one run a game where they go on like a – or they get outscored like 12 to 2 or 15 to 2 happens once a game so far this year and they've been able to manage it for the most part so as long as they avoid 
you know, that run, then they should be able to handle business Saturday. But it should be a fun game. I'm excited for it. All right. Here's the thing. <clears throat> when KU had has played on the road in the Big 12 Conference, they played at Oklahoma. All right. That's not a road game. Sure, it's a road game. That There's like 10 people in the stands. It doesn't matter. That's not an intimidating road environment. United Super, or Supermarkets Arena, whatever it's called, in at Texas Tech, that's a tough place to play. KU lost. This, they, they, call, they call Fred Bramlage Coliseum the Octagon of Doom for a reason. It's tough to go in and win. If Kansas State gets a lead in the second half, it's really tough to win. Ask KU today. And it was a woman's game. I think that Kansas State is going to stay in it. If they can get through the pregame jitters, they're going to stay in it, and it's going to be a very interesting game. It's going to be a great time. That place is going to be juiced, absolutely juiced, because of the excitement that's building around this team after two ranked wins. This is going to be a good time. Bill Weber, Bruce Weber and <clears throat> Bill Self hate each other. Uh, you know, we're going to have a couple of cherries on the sideline, and it's going to be a great time. Marquise Noel is going to have a pretty big game, I think, assist-wise, and, you know, he's just a guy that can make something happen out of nothing. Uh, Davion needs to step it up. I think he needs to be a little bit stronger down there under the basket. He's just weak when he gets a ball under the basket. It's hard to watch. Um, other than that, I think that Kansas State absolutely has a shot to win this game. I think uh, Ochai got her a little banged up in – in Norman, I don't know. I mean, he came back in the game, so I'm sure he's fine. But, um, yeah, I think it'll be fun. I'm going to pick K-State to win, by the way, obviously. So, <clears throat> moving on to Wild Card Weekend. Super. Nolan, yeah. I will say, if I wanted to add, K-State wins and loses a lot, a lot of games based off their first five minutes each half. You know, if, yeah. if they start slow and KU opens up the game 14-2, to two, then you can probably over and stuff like that. I would but, like to add that this is a team playing inspired. Yep, that too. It's, I think um, it's going to be. You know, I, I think they, I think they listened to this podcast and they heard no one's rant. They're like, "All right, let's go." You know, <laughs> all they have to do is get on Twitter, and that, yeah. and that did it for them. So, Casey Twitter is uh, a wild place for sure. Well, my prediction is KU by three. My, uh, I. I still – I want to clear this up. Two wins for Bruce Weber does not change my opinion on Bruce Weber. He still needs mm-hmm. to leave, period. Recency bias, whatever. He lost games. He loses games. There's no reason that we should be 2-4 and four in the Big 12 Conference in year 10 under a coach that's supposed to be competing at a high level. But mm-hmm. cats, by, cats by five. <laughs> that's what I'll take. KU so, by seven. KU by seven. seven. Sure. Drew, you are ignorant, and everybody knows it now. Thank you. You <laughs> are a bet. <laughs> hey, I'll crunch some numbers, and I'll bet something for this game. Might even live bet it at the game. Have they Have they come out with a spread yet? I just looked. I haven't. Okay. I'm going to guess it's going to be KU by, like, four or five. That's what I'll say, four or five, yeah. <clears throat> Octagon to Doom. It'll be alive, I promise. It's going to be a good time. Um, sure. What do you think about, like, the Octagon of Doom is – I mean, obviously, three-fourths of the noise comes from the students, and that'll be full. But, like, when when K-State was good, like, you know, like Jacob Poln or even the Dean Wade class, mm-hmm. the, they were pretty packed from alumni. And I, that's where I'm interested to see if we'll get that again or not. For You're going to get it. 
You're going to get it from, on Saturday. You think? From alumni and everything? It's not. I mean, it's not going to be full, but it's going to be pretty. It's going to be a pretty good crowd. More than we've seen the last couple of years. <laughs> It'll be more than the Marquette game for sure. Well, and last yeah. year it was. Last year was COVID, so we can't really judge it. But the That's year before, true. it'll be better than the year before, for sure. Yeah. I think. So, I'm excited. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Tier three, tier three entry. You know, halfway yeah. up. Kind of towards the All back. Three of the hey. Are we going to pay you gear? I'm going neutral, just like I did tonight. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. <laughs> All right. Moving on to Super Wild Card Weekend. Four teams or eight teams advanced. We've got four games this weekend. So, anything notable happened this this past weekend that you guys want to talk about, Drew? Other than a debate that we're going to have later, um, I think that for the most part that the better teams advanced. I think the only one where you could like say maybe it would be like the Cowboys Niners, but I mean the Niners outplayed them for the most part. You know, Jimmy tried to let them in back in at the end. But with a bad pick and the bad kill that Thursday he had. But overall, I think the better teams won all the games. I was a little surprised with like the Patriots blowing or getting blown out and the Cardinals getting blown out. But I guess that happens when you have an inexperienced quarterback and an inexperienced coach in Cliff Kingsbury, not obviously Bill Belichick. That was kind of that was probably my biggest surprise was Patriots losing that game by 30. But, you know, could have lost by like 50 if, you know. Kept going the way it was going, but I think the better teams won for the most part, and I'm excited for this weekend. I think all four games should be really good. I think last weekend proved that seven teams is too many. The Steelers did not belong in the playoffs. The Eagles did not belong in the playoffs. Those were two ugly games. I know you can say the same thing about the other two, but th- that was that was bad. I will. And, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, like, with the seven teams, like, so we've had four games of the seven seed playing, and we've only had one good game. The Colts played the Bills last year and almost won. So that's, like, the only game that's been good. I will what say the that one last year? it was, like, the Bears and the Saints. It was bad. Uh, like, they got killed. But, yeah, Trubisky, 8-8, eight eight, made the playoffs. <laughs> well, I will say that if certain teams, like the Colts, could, you know, just beat the Jags, like, they're in. The Chargers, like if the Colts and Chargers could have taken care of business down the stretch, like they could have been in instead of like the, you know, the Steelers. And then in the NFC, you know, there might have been six teams that were worthy of it. I mean, the Vikings have a good offense. They kind of fell apart down the stretch. If the Saints were healthy, like with Jameis, I bet they would have been in there, but that's just kind of how it played yeah, out. So I think in future years, we might have a seven seed beat a two seed or even like be competitive. But yeah, this year it was pretty bad. Yeah. Just how it played out. And as a football fan, it is nice because you get, you know, six games across three days. So that was fun. But <laughs> I will say I wish the like, I wish the Chiefs had a bye, but it was nice to kind of get something going, get some momentum. Uh-huh. So. Going off that Chiefs game, everyone was kind of either on their seat or flipping out a little bit after that first quarter. And I think I said something in our group chat that it looked like and I could be, you know, could just be talking, but it looked like they were like, we can beat the Steelers. We're going to go out there, very vanilla playbook. We're just going to, you know, move down the field, take our points, and get out. Well, then they got hit in the mouth in the first quarter, and we're losing. And now they're like, okay, we got to open the playbook. And then they scored seven straight or six straight possessions in a row. Yep. And so I don't know if that was the game plan 
and if Reed had to dig into his playbook a little bit, and so I don't know. He's a, you know, they're him and Benny and me are geniuses. So I'm excited to see what kind of plays they pull out of their butt this weekend. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. I think, like, I wasn't really worried when, you know, TJ Watt got that strip. There wasn't like a, like, Daryl, the thing that's like dropped the ball. Like, he just mm-hmm. had a rough, rough play there and then he got the touchdown. But I think the Steelers maybe had one first down leading up to that. Mm-hmm. So, that like them on offense, I wasn't really too worried. Like if we would have had zero at halftime and we were down seven zero, then I would have been worried. But I guess it just mm-hmm. took us a little while to get going, which is kind of a theme this year, I guess. But and that, well, I'll save that for when yeah. we talk about next week. But yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, that game was basically over like at thirty five seven. You know, mm-hmm. everything else basically garbage time. Um, yep. Nolan, you got anything? Yeah, I think I said before that game. Uh, that the Chiefs needed the magic number was 24. There's no way that the Steelers were going to score 24 points going into that game. And uh, <clears throat> that's definitely how it worked out. Um, the Chiefs got rolling and, you know, they kind of emptied the playbook there at the end, had a little fun with it. Drew read a stat about the Chiefs having, you want to read that stat? Real oh quick? yeah. Yeah. That's what I was trying to find. Um, so in the game, the Chiefs had a running back catch a touchdown, a wide receiver catch a touchdown, a tight end catch a touchdown, an alignment catch a touchdown and a tight end throw a touchdown. And no other team in the NFL history has done that in a season, and the Chiefs did it in the same game. So, you know, pretty cool. Did you like my my Twitter stat? It was I don't like, know. It was um, – what was it? It was like Travis Kelsey, one touchdown pass. Derek Carr, one touchdown pass. Yep. And then Herbert and Teddy Bridgewater and uh, Drew Locke, <laughs> zero touchdown passes in playoffs. Yep. <laughs> yep. Kelsey's the second best quarterback in the division. So, yep. well, I don't know. Tommy Townsend still hasn't had incomplete pass thrown, and Kelsey's thrown a pick before a few years back. So, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you if you take pride in your quarterback being able to run, don't forget about Blake Bell. Oh yeah, <laughs> those QB sneaks are valuable, man. Can't have Mahomes doing that. Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did. Uh, the New England game surprised me. Drew, Drew had said for the past week he had drank the Bill Belichick Kool-Aid. It definitely surprised me. I figured that defensively they wouldn't allow a perfect offensive game from the Bills, especially since the Bills' offense has kind of been sputtering mm-hmm. as, of, as, as of recent. And so that, that, that outcome surprised me. And when San Francisco came in, you know, you just kind of had a feeling that it was going to be a pretty good game. Um, and then Dallas just couldn't do anything. They didn't adjust to the pass rush that San Francisco had. It was just a bad matchup, I think. I will say, I thought Dallas's coaching was – like, I didn't really get to watch all of it because I was at the Chiefs game and I caught some on the Jumbotron and tried to catch it on my phone. But I thought their coaching was god-awful. Like, Yeah, it was pretty bad. I felt that they're – like, I know Kellen Moore's done a good job being an offensive coordinator this year, but it seems like their offense just wasn't accounting for the fact that the Niners have one of the best, like, front sevens in football. Even when Bosa and Fred Warner went out, like, they were still – pretty dominant on the front and like their whole offense just seemed like we're going to send Cooper and Lamb like deep down the field and we're going to try to hit them but you can't hit them if your line can't block for it like I don't know I thought it was a pretty bad game plan Dak didn't play great threw a bad pick that led to seven like right away but I think I don't know I thought the coaching was pretty bad mm-hmm. Trayvon Diggs got cooked a couple times so maybe people sure. blowing smoke by <laughs> the Niners like third best receiver so you know whatever Troy Aikman had a lot to say about that game. I don't remember 
if you saw if you saw his tweet or not. It's probably all he has to talk about. Well, I remember Troy Eggman did the Bucks game, and he was like saying, like he was being mad that he had to do that game, and it's like, well, Troy, I don't think people really care to hear you that much. No one wants to listen to. I won't say the. It's, we're not. I don't know if it's puts a tag on. Joe Blank and Troy Dinkman, but they're. <laughs> I Troy Aikman is by far my least favorite announcer. Joe Buck, like I don't like Joe Buck, but I'm okay with him. Like he's, no, nope. you know he's been around, but like he I, does a pretty good job. I can't stand Troy Aikman, dude. Like he's just he's just so blatantly biased. Like Tony Romo, you know Tony Romo's like you know sometimes has some bad moments, but I mean Tony Romo's pretty good for the most part. But I can't stand Troy Aikman. You know mm-hmm. who would be really good when he retires is. Uh... Russ, Russ would do a really good job, I think. Yeah. Russ needs to be the new commissioner because I'm tired of Goodell, but that's a whole other, <laughs> that's a whole other rant I have that we're not going to do. Um, <clears throat> Crap, what were we just talking about? Recap, well, let's, just, let's move on to – Yeah, we can move on to the – The divisional round here. So, we've got a few games to preview. Uh, we'll start in the NFC with the, yep. uh, the Bucks and the Rams. Yeah. Um, two versus what is it? Four? Yes. Yeah. 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 All right. So, what do you guys think there? So, you know, originally I was thinking going to that Rams Cardinals game that the Bucks were just gonna roll over whoever won because I hadn't been too impressed with either of those teams, and I still don't want to buy into it too much. Like Kyler looked awful, and I don't know if Cliff Kingsbury was really prepared for that. You know, Sean McVay's been to. You know, he's been in divisional round a few times, been to a Super Bowl, so he definitely had the experience advantage there. But, you know, I was really impressed with how the Rams played, and I think they actually match up with the Bucks pretty well. Um, the Bucks, uh front seven's pretty good, but their secondary hasn't been much all year. And I think Cooper Cup could torch that secondary. You know, Stafford's going to have to get him, get him the ball, but I think he can. Um, and then with the Bucks' offense, you know, if they can get pressure without blitzing, which that's how you beat – that's how you can try to slow on any offense, get pressure without blitzing with, you know, Aaron Donald and Von Miller leading that charge. And if Jalen Ramsey can lock down Mike Evans, you know, there's no Chris Godwin, no Antonio Brown, obviously. Um, then I think, you know, if those things can happen, I think the Rams can keep it close. But I, I think the Bucks will win, but I think they'll – I think the Rams can keep it close for a while. The Rams did beat them by, like, 10 earlier in the year. Obviously, a lot has changed since like week three, whenever that game was played. But I do think that's an important result. Yeah, this is one of my favorite games. This is they play on Sunday as well, don't they? I think they're I think yeah. they're the two o'clock Sunday game. I think so. Um, Tampa Bay's finally getting healthy defensively, so they're getting some secondary guys back and stuff like that, which will help. But I don't think they can slow down Cup and OBJ together, and you throw in Van Jefferson and Higby, who are viable options, you know, not obviously at the same level of Cup and OBJ, but I don't think – I think as long as Stafford shows up to play, then they'll be fine offensively. Um, Defensively-wise, Ryan Jensen has an ankle sprain, who's one of the best centers in the league. And Tristan Worse also has an ankle sprain. I think both of them are projected to play, but they're obviously banged up. And at the right tackle for Worse, not being able to put a lot of pressure on that right ankle is going to be rough, I think, right, Nolan? You said for a tackle or a center? The right tackle has a right ankle sprain. Does, mm-hmm. Isn't that kind of like what you plan off? 
Yeah, yeah that's a not your kick foot. Yeah. Yeah. So. And you can, you can probably play with a right ankle sprain. Left, I think the left foot would be tougher. Really? Yeah. I had I had no idea. <laughs> but um, so that's two or well, one All Pro and one. I think Ryan Jansen's a Pro Bowler. Um, two really good linemen banged up for one, and so that's gonna that's gonna help out Aaron Donald, especially Aaron Donald in the middle because centers double team quite a bit, and then Vaughn on the edge, and so. If they can get pressure, and I think Jalen's going to lock down Mike Evans because it's Jaylen, that's what Jalen does. So for Brady to pull off a win, he's got Gronk, and he's got to use, like, Scotty Miller or number 18. I don't remember what, what his name is, Tyler Johnson. Yeah, they got him, and they got that Cyril Grayson guy who I've never heard of that he's kind yeah. of stepped up. So, yeah, some randos, which is normally what happens in the playoffs for Brady, are going to have to step up big time. But I I think the Rams can pull this one out as long as Stafford comes to play. Um, one, I think I was watching NFL now. I think Anderson, Andrew, Andrew Siciliano runs that. Mm-hmm. And he had some uh, lead, like Hall of Famer on there that was talking. He was like, once you get that first playoff win, now everything's like, all right, I've been here. I know what I'm doing. You know, it's a lot different. And so he was talking about – because that was Stafford and OBJ's first playoff win. And so, so I think they're going to be settled in. Stafford's going to do what he does, especially against that secondary. And I think the Rams win this game by three. Yeah, the Rams definitely look pretty good against Cardinals. Uh, the Defensively for um... – Tampa Bay, I you know, I haven't watched him very much, but one thing I do know every time I watch him is Vita Vea is an absolute unit in the middle. You know, I think I think we, we, we aren't talking about him as much because what they're going to want to do with Stafford is, you know, use the arm he's got. And, I mean, he's pretty good rolling out of the pocket and stuff, which is they're going to have to move. They're going to have to move him around um, because I, I don't think he'll just be able to stand back there and throw the ball. Uh, he's not going to have as much time because the Bucks pass rush. I mean, it's it's pretty elite. It still it still is pretty elite. So I think that's that's going to be something that's fun to watch um, in the game. And of course, Brady's Brady, so that'll that'll also be fun to watch. You know, the clutch gene and and his body. So <clears throat> if if the uh, if the Rams are up by ten, you know, with five minutes left, I feel comfortable with it, but. I might take I, – I, if I were picking, what I, which I, I guess I am, I'd take the Rams by a touchdown. All right. I will say that Cam Akers, you know, he's back miraculously towards Achilles in August, and he looked pretty good. Crazy. So, if he could definitely – like, they're going to need him to contribute because Henderson, who's also pretty good, I think he's still going to be out. And Sonny Michelle's really not all that good. He's had some good games this year, but – mm-hmm. if, if they can run the ball, if they can look consistently decent against Tampa – It'll open up the pass game even more and for sure. Miss the offense a lot harder, a lot harder to stop. And I'm interested to see if the Bucks get Fournette back because you know Giovanni Bernard and Keyshawn Vaughn were pretty good against the Eagles, but I feel like they'll be mm-hmm. tall task against the Rams. So, what's your prediction, Drew? I got the Bucks. I'll take the Bucks by three. Bucks by three. Yep. Last second field goal by suck up Brady leads them down. <laughs> Something that like that. Surprise me. You know, it'd probably be the Rams lead all game, and then Brady just turns it on in the last ten minutes. It's hard to yeah. bet against Brady, man. So I'll, yeah. I'll take him. 
It is. Right. It is one of the bet against Brady. The other uh, top three quarterback in the league will be taking the field um, in the NFC. Uh, I thought the Raiders lost. Oh, you're not talking about Derek Carr, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I am talking about Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers as they're playing. Uh, oh, you're not, not Jimmy G? <laughs> oh. Um, so, if you guys want to go ahead preview that game, San Fran and – and Green Bay and Lambeau in January. How's that going? Frozen Thunder, baby. So, um, I'll start out and say that if I'm a Packers fan, I'm probably pretty pissed about how this game played out or how the wild card round played out just because, like, you don't – I feel like the 49ers were, like, the one team that they just didn't want to play of the possible opponents that could come out of it. You know, they run the ball really well, and if you're going against a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers or, like, any quarterback, you know – sometimes the best thing to do is if you can run the clock and or run the ball and, you know, chew that clock and keep them off the field. That's a great recipe to win. Um, you know, Kyle Shanahan's always good at the game script. You know, the first 15 plays worked great against the Cowboys. They were able to get 10 quick points. I think you could see something like that again. Um, Packers, you know, they're rested up. Well, I kind of want to see if they're going to be a little rusty because I could see the Niners getting out to a lead in this one, but um, they did play early in the season, so another rematch in the NFC. And the Packers won on a last-second field goal. I think they won that game by two. So I expect a close game, but I just think, you know, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to come to play. I don't know if he'll get too rusty coming off a of rest. You know, he's been here. He's been here a ton. He's been to the – you know, he's gotten to the NFC Championship a ton in his career. Um. I could see this game coming down to Jimmy G having to make some plays, and I just don't know if he can do that. Um, they did play in the NFC Championship two years ago, and the Niners did win that game, but that was like the Packers' run defense was awful, and I think Raheem Mostert had like 200 yards, and Jimmy G only mm-hmm. had to throw like eight times. And, you know, unless the Niners can do something like that, I think the Packers will win, but I expect a close game. So give me the Packers by like five. Packers by five? Yeah, sure. (laughs) So this is a Saturday night game, 715. I don't know if you've checked the forecast for Wisconsin, Green Bay, Wisconsin, then. It is going to be at 7 o'clock. It's supposed to be about 3 degrees, wind chill about negative 15, and snow. Let's go. So in cold, snowy games, that what normally is favored is a – run game, and defense. And both of those go to San Francisco. With that being said, I feel like this year Rodgers has played more carefree. And he says, you know, I'm just going to go out there and just do me, you know. He doesn't seem like he cares about anything at all. And he's just out there enjoying the game, I guess you could say, not knowing what his future holds. So – I don't think Rodgers will be affected by the weather a whole lot. I still think he's going to get, you know, his 200 yards and three touchdowns, and he's not going to turn the ball over. But there, I don't see them being able to run the ball, and I see the Niners out physically. They're just out physical them the whole game because that's the way the Niners play, for one, and then two is going to be, you know, freezing. Um, so there's that, and you had mentioned you don't see Jimmy G – winning them a game I don't either but I don't think he I don't think see him throwing the ball more than 20 times 
And the Packers' defense has been pretty rough this year. I, they're getting Jair back, I think. So that'll help out too. But in the run game-wise, I mean, if they get if they get uh, Darius Smith back, that'll help. But they're still not very good in the run. And so if Mitchell and Debo can put up, you know, 150 yards and a touchdown apiece, or not a piece, total yards and a touchdown apiece, um, I could see them controlling this game and controlling the clock and then getting out of there with like a 21-17 win. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think that the, uh, I don't think the 49ers can win if they just sit there and they ask Jimmy G to win him a game, you know, he's going to be there to make the throw, make a throw when they need him to make a throw. And, you know, that's his role in the offense, you know, when you, when, when you need him, he's there. Otherwise he'll just manage the game. And I think that he fits in that role perfectly, uh, for Kyle Shanahan. I actually I don't like the matchup here for uh, the Patriot or mm, the Forty Niners or oh, I don't like the matchup here for Green Bay. The cold does I would say I would say favor uh, Green Bay just because they're in I mean they're used to the cold which I know their style of football is not you know conducive to the cold weather but they play in it they've been playing in it for months now. And, you know, San Francisco is in California, and it doesn't typically get cold down there in Southern California. So I think that that will be uh, pretty good. So I would take San Francisco. I probably would take San Francisco regardless when I write maybe by 10 points um, in this one. So, Drew, did you give your pick on that? Did you give your pick on that game? Yeah, Bucks by – or not Bucks, Packers by like five. I know it's okay. I'm just trying to – something like that. I will say we got to get going here before the time limit, but I will say that I do think the Packers can run the ball too. You know, they have two really good running backs. They have a decent O-line. I could see them running the ball as well. I'm gonna kind of interested to see what Matt LaFleur schemes up, if it's going to be more run heavy or if he's going to let Rodgers and Adams do their thing out there. So It should be a fun game, I think, contrasting yeah. styles. Yep. Uh, definitely. So, <clears throat> all right. Um, hmm. Let's do this one real quick. Uh, let's move over to the AFC and let's tackle the Titans and Bengals. Uh, so we're going to do this real quick, about two minutes a person. Drew, you want to take it? Yep. So I think, you know, this game, it's kind of hard to pick it because, you know, Derrick Henry is supposed to be back and, or I think he is back, like he's been practicing, so he should play. But, you know, you kind of have to guess if Derrick Henry is going to be a little bit rusty, you know, hasn't played since about Halloween or if he's just, you know, he's a freak of nature. He might just come in and, rush for 200 yards, but this Bengals team, you know, the last four games that Joe Burrow and that offense has played because they kind of rested uh, last week, they really, they've been dominating. So they dominated last week. I know they kind of, they didn't convert in the red zone as much as they would have liked, but I think they're going to keep rolling. I think as long as they can move the ball and they can slow down Derrick Henry a little bit, I think that they can go in there and win. So I'll take the Bengals by about a touchdown. Yeah, I think this game – is one in the first quarter instead of the fourth quarter. I think Bengals come out and hit him in the mouth and get up, you know, by a touchdown up 10 even after the first quarter. And you make Tennessee play behind, you make Tannehill catch up. I don't see that happening. And so, but vice versa, if Titans come out early. I did see a video of Henry and he doesn't look like you trust the ankle 100% yet. But, um, so he's going to be a question mark. I don't know how good he's going to be and how much he's ready to go. But if the Titans jump out ahead, start the game, 
the way they control the clock and run the ball, even with Deontay Foreman, then that's basically over too. But I think I think the Bengals are going to come out hot. They're rolling right now. And so I think they – I don't know. It's, it's tough because they've played so bad for parts of the year. And then they play the last, you know, three weeks. They played really well. They, they didn't play good against the Raiders, but – um, I don't know. I think I think Derrick Henry is going to show up, and I think Tannehill is actually going to surprise some people with AJ Brown, and I think they're going to win, kind of a dogfight. Uh, let's go twenty-seven, twenty-one Titans. You know, I, I agree. Uh, the Titans aren't really a a team that's built to come from behind, um, and that's you know, and so it's up to the Bengals in the first quarter and the second quarter. You know, early in the game to just throw punches, you know, uh, I don't think, I don't see the Bengals holding anything back here. Um, you know, it's not, it's not in Cincinnati. It's going to be in Nashville. It's still going to be cold, still going to be a tough game. Um, but if the Bengals can get to an early lead, which I think they can, I, I love their chances. Um, take Derrick Henry out of the game by scoring enough points to keep him out of the game. Um, and then, you know, the Titans are in the same situation that San Francisco's in is they don't really want to rely on Ryan Tannehill. I wouldn't want to rely on Ryan Tannehill to win us a game. Uh, so <clears throat> the, that's, you know, the, the Bengals have to put it all on Ryan Tannehill and say, beat us. You know, they say Derrick Henry's not beating us, you're beating us, and you better score a lot of points to do it. So I'm going to take the Bengals by 10 um, in this game. I think it'll be a good game, but um, I will take that. So, all right. That's- I will, wait, I will add, I think that the way you beat the Titans, like, obviously, like, you know, you can just outscore them, which the Bengals are capable of, are capable of but also, like, playing defense against the Titans, even if, if it's Deontay Foreman in there, Derrick Henry, you got to get them into obvious passing situations. You know, when the Chiefs played them earlier in the year, and that was when the Chiefs were playing bad, it was either the Titans would get a first down on first or second down, or they'd get to third and two, third and three, and you can still run your play action, which they always run really well with Tannehill. And he does – he has a really good play action game. So you got to get them to like third and eight, third and nine, you know, get a sack early – third and long, third and 15, you know, got to get them to obvious passing situations and get them off the field. That's how the Chiefs beat the Titans in the AFC Championship a couple of years ago. But if you, you know, you got to give them the obvious passing situations. So I always want to add that. Yeah, and even watching the Texans game, you know, they, they, they figured that out in the second half and they came storming back. So, all right, that's going to do it for part one of this podcast. We're going to cover the Chiefs and then get into a little bit of a debate in the second uh, second half of the podcast. So nobody's uh, safe. Nobody's safe. Nobody's safe. Drew's been gunning up or gearing up for this one for the past few days. So oh please. Uh, that's going to do it for part one. Go ahead and tune into part two. Um, thank you for listening. <laughs>